This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. We're talking travel on 2NURFM 103.7. Sally Lucas, the water often features in our programs and we're back on the water, the seas in fact, again this time. We are, um, this time the Australian seas, if you like to call them that, um, and in particular the Great Barrier Reef, which as we know is the largest living Um, organism, if you want to call it that, I suppose, but reef in the world anyway. And it's also won an award as the best maintained reef in the world, despite what we might think. Our maintenance of our reef is much better than many other people maintain their reefs with, you know, being careful about not walking, you know, making sure people are careful with what they do and what vessels do. And, you know, and certain vessels have licences to only go to certain Ks, and islands dependent on size and so it is fairly well organised and they've actually now introduced a lot more green zones. Uh, there's a lot of areas now where you definitely cannot fish uh, to protect the species that are there because there are just some, as we all know, if you've ever been to the Barrier Reef, some of the most wonderful species of fish. I think that's probably better than the, even the coral to me, is the living creatures. I mean, I know they're a living organism, but I mean the actual fish that feed off the reef to me are more interesting than the the reef itself. Um, So, yes, anyway, I was lucky enough to do a little cruise uh, in my... This is just a holiday, but I mean, we just did it as a relaxing thing to do, to fly up to Cairns and do a cruise. They do have seven-night cruises with Captain Cook Lines. We just did a four-night. You can either do the four-night one, which goes north out of Cairns, or the three-night portion south, or you can add the two together and you have a lovely seven-night itinerary. So you've got options. Um, and it's all basically looking at the reef and... Basically, yes. And I mean, your accommodation on the particular reef endeavour that we're on, it only takes about oh, about 105 passengers. But like the cabins are quite large, which surprised me, you know, because we're not talking about a large cruise liner here. You know, it's it's um, a much smaller vessel. Um, but yes, they have twin beds, but the ones that get joined together, you know, so that makes you a double. And yeah, it's quite an adequate little um, ensuite and so on. And you've got great big – most of the cabins are outside, not all but most, and they've got like two windows in them that look out onto the, the deck that goes around. So you've got plenty of light um, and access straight out onto the deck. So, yeah, it was, it was very good. The quality of meals on board was excellent. Um, the staff were very well versed. Uh, very friendly, you know, um, safety conscious at all times, you know, getting people on and off the vessel and head counts and checks and making sure, you know, everyone that was there was supposed to be there. Um, so all of that was, was great. But basically what we did, we sailed out of Cairns. Um, again, I struck wind, Jane. I had 50 knot winds on Lord Howe. These are only 25 to 30. Oh, a mere breeze. A mere breeze. And the people apparently the week before that only had a lovely 10k light breeze, but not me. Anyway, never mind. It makes interesting sailing. Uh, <laughs> but it does stop you getting to some areas. That's the problem, of course, because these little caves and some of these smaller islands have got no protection from the wind for them to anchor. So, you know, it, it becomes a safety issue then. too, you, you know, with the reef. So anyhow, we went to Fitzroy Island, normally go to Green, but we couldn't because apparently Green is very um, unprotected. So Fitzroy is a lovely little island. And at the moment they're doing up, was a, quite an old resort on there, but they're refurbishing. So that'll be really nice when that gets done. It's got some lovely little walks on it. And it was really good snorkeling um, and really virtually almost right off the beach. So you didn't have to go way out, you know, you could just 
you're a bit tired like some people get and you, don't, you worry about treading water or because not everyone's a strong swimmer, you know. So it was good for those sort of people where you could just snorkel off the beach. And from then we went to... Um, up to two isles, which they called, and uh, Captain Cook was very um, imaginative when he named these islands, one, two, three, four. <laughs> but anyway. Descriptive uh, anyway. Descriptive. And that, that was a K, really a K, and that was very well, interesting. And a K is, of course, made totally out of coal. Uh, it is, and birds. And birds. Birds. Okay. They, they, their droppings and their, what they bring with them in their beaks, and that gradually builds up and builds up, and that's how you end up with a K. Um, and then we went to Lizard Island, um, which was lovely, and that was the only place where you moor overnight. Otherwise, you're sailing at night, basically, and then moored somewhere for all your snorkeling and activities during the day. And then we came back via Ribbon Reef Number 5. They've all got numbers up there. And um, actually, while we were off Lizard, I saw the biggest scraper I have ever seen in my entire life. What they do Close at night... Close up? Uh, well, I wasn't in the water. It was night time. What they do, they, they turn the lights on, and apparently the trevally up there, these huge trevally just love playing in the light and the water. And so you look over the back of the boat and it was just surrounded by trevally. And the next thing, along came this group. He would have been oh, the length of a, dining, a good-sized dining room table and like a 44-gallon drum in width. He was the biggest giant fellow I've ever seen. I think if I'd come front to front with him in the water, I might have done a bit of the old walking on the water trick. But <laughs> so it was a lovely experience, and we, we had a so couple what, of nights. Just, just before we leave yes. him, what happened to the Trevally? They just swim around. He was just swimming around. They were all happy They're together. They were all happy together. Good. Not a problem. Yeah. Well, interesting to see them. It was. And um, Cooktown was the other place we went to. Sorry, how could I miss Cooktown? I mean, oh. Captain Cook's famous place, of course. It had 94 hotels in its heyday. Now it's only got about two, and it's a quite a small town with only 2,000 people. Um, but very interesting. And the museum there is most interesting, the, the actual museum for Captain Cook. It's some incredible um, reading material. And, yes, it was. he was an amazing man, really, a, quite an amazing man when you think about it. Captain Cook. Yes. And that, of course, yes. was one of his landfalls. Well, that was where he actually you know, came to grief, and that's he, he was put up there for 48 days till they managed to repair the vessel. And as one of their guides said, we could have all been speaking Dutch instead of English if, if he had failed, because he actually, the reef saved him. He actually landed on one of those boulder reefs, so it actually was like a plug in the side of the ship. So he could have landed on some other sort of reef, which would have just ripped him apart and no one may have survived. So there you go. So it was a very interesting trip and I'd say recommend it to anyone. Um, the reef cruises are, are lovely that they do. You can also do Sydney Harbour cruises, Murray River cruises, and they cruise the Asawas. Many of the people on board had been previous passengers. They obviously are happy with the, the quality that the company offers. And I haven't done the Asawas in Fiji, but everyone said that is really a beautiful trip to do. So, cruising. Lovely. 2NURFM 103.7. Travel is the topic. We're talking travel. And Sally Lucas, where are we off to now? San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. I just think it is one of the loveliest, if you like, American cities. You feel very much at home there as an Australian. I don't know whether it's the style of the city, the fact that it's on the water and the mountains behind it, or but it's, it's a very appealing place and it is a very interesting city to go to. And it's great that we can now, of course, in recent years fly back into there again, which, of course, we didn't for quite a long time after Qantas had pulled out many years ago. So it means that people who don't want to fly into that really big LA airport, you've got this nice option now of flying to a much smaller user-friendly airport like San Francisco. And it's a very interesting city. And, I mean, it's got four 
43 hills. So you've got this incredible panorama if you want to climb up any of them. And the lovely little old houses that I think we relate to, the little Victorian, and then there's some Spanish influence from its Spanish days, of course, being San Francisco, of course, St. Francis. Um, and it's got a wonderful Chinatown. So it's got a lot of ethnic blend in it as well. It's one of the largest Chinatowns outside China in the world. So you've got all that there going for it. And, of course, the, the bay itself, Alcatraz, you know, the bridge, and Sausalito, which is a little artist-poet's colony just across the bay. You can get a little ferry across. And what they've got now, I just thought I'd mention it while I was talking about San Francisco. You can get a Go San Francisco card, which is purchase- purchasable here now, um, one, two, three, four, five, and seven-day options. But it's really good to have that because we've got the Paris Physique card in London and there's London visitor cards, and it just means you've got a card that gets you into all the attractions at a you know, a discounted rate. So you can purchase it here before you go and then you redeem it at um, a couple of different spots in San Francisco, which we can let people know. And it also then gives you 20% and 40% um, discounts at various tours, restaurants, etc. as well. So it acts as like a little discount card as well as it being your get-around card, if you like. Um, it covers about 45 attractions in San Francisco. So it's something just to be well worth considering. I think anything like if you've not been to a city before, these little passes are a good introduction to get a feel and and get yourself around and they've got a great you know public transport system in San Francisco as well which not all American cities have by the way um, but you've got your cable car and you know and you've got your Bay Area rapid transport and your ferries and and it's close to things like Yosemite and you know the Napa Valley for wines the tall redwood forests so it's got a lot going for it in and around it as well as in San Francisco itself so I think it's one of those must inclusions on an American itinerary for sure. San Francisco and yeah. uh, heading over to Europe now. Yes, we're all over the shop today, aren't we? <laughs> all the good parts. All the good parts of the world. I know a lot of people um, have a special, I guess, spot in their heart, whether it's through relatives or just because of what they've read about how we participated in the war in the First World War, and of course, um, and well, and of course, all the wars, but they've got an all quiet on the Western Front tour, which is a special Remembrance Day departure. Which I just thought I'd mention to people that are interested, and I know a lot of people are interested in in what happened there and how I guess the French people revered really the the Aussie diggers um, and what they did for them at that particular time. Um, so this starts in Paris, um, and it's just this is just a land content little package from the eighth to the seventeenth of November, and you have your first night. There, then you head off to Lille, where you stay uh, two nights, and it's northern France's largest city, uh, Lille, and um, it's at quite an interesting place with some, you know, beautiful old buildings, etc. So you have your two nights there, and then you from Lille you actually go to the main Australian and New Zealand battlefields of the Ypres Salient. And um, you go to museums, the 5th Australian Division Memorial and New Zealand Memorials at Polygon Wood, um, and the old British Empire's largest war cemetery at Tyne Cot. And then you also visit the um, In Flanders Fields Museum, um, which is um, a remarkable interactive experience of World War I, um, located in the Cloth Hall in Ypres. Um, and then after that, I mean, obviously, the, this is where some of the heaviest fighting was between 1916 and 1918. And um, the... Ypres was actually completely destroyed in the war, but it was rebuilt and they carefully restored all the grand old buildings and the picturesque square and that's where the Remembrance Day services will be held and they have a, a poppy parade and the last post ceremony. I would imagine it would be very, very moving. Um, and at the end of those services, of course, they, you go on to do various other sightseeing and things that you need to see re- with regard to that time of, of the war. And after that, you eventually come back through 
um, Amiens, which is um, the old Western Front battlefields be, uh, in that area. And you, again, you're touring some cemeteries and memorials, and eventually you, you come back into Paris and have a couple of lovely nights in Paris, including a tour to um, the Palace of Versailles. Uh, Louis XIV's magnificent palace, um, where of course the Versailles Treaty, which brought World War One to an end, was actually signed. So, and you do you know lots of lovely sightseeing in in Paris, including the Eiffel Tower and the Arc de Triomphe, and including the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, the Louvre, Notre Dame. So, for anyone who's interested in the history and, the, and that time in our life, and you know you think about all those young men that put their lives on the line, it was a a pretty a pretty um, awful time for a lot of people. And it was just interesting to read this week, wasn't it, that they found the remains of those two wonderful soldiers who lost their lives and are now going to have a full burial over there, which is Which, which is, is a nice, nice form of closure. Isn't it? Mm. Yes. So there you are. There's something very different in all we've done today, I think. <laughs> and that's Talking Travel for today. Thank you, Sally Luca. Thank you, Jane. And we'll be back next Friday after the 1 o'clock news here on 2NURFM 103.7.